Welcome to Practical Rambling Fathers. Father Brian here. We're joined by Father Tay. And today we got no special guests. Unfortunately. Other than ourselves. Correct. Well, welcome to Practical Rambling Fathers. Um, today we're going to talk about uh, indifference versus holy indifference and apathy versus detachment. So we're going to look through what those words mean and how do we come towards us. So it, the world is uh, indifferent towards us. Um, Correct. Climate's indifferent to us. Weather's indifferent to us. Seas are indifferent to us. The weather's indifferent to us. Floods, uh, tornadoes, fires, you name it, indifferent to where we are, where we live, what happens. Um, um, there's a lot of things that are indifferent to us, and it's easy to be uh, live in an indifferent world back. Um, and so we can be indifferent, not care, uh, towards religion, persons, good, bad, nature, weather. We can do that back and not care and be in a state of, um, yeah, just not feeling. And that's the word apathy, right? So Yeah, it's like a lack of emotion, a lack of desire, a lack to be... Um, I like to be motivated, and so that's often equated with the word chill. Um, you know, when, when people are just relaxing, but it goes even deeper, saying, "I do have the energy to do things, but I choose not to." So it comes from so apathy. The word was first used in 1594, apparently, but it comes from the Greek without feeling. So there's a good, so there's the advice of apathy of I don't care, I'm not motivated, I'm not moving in any direction and so that's what we're going to talk about first and then there's uh holy indifference that saint ignatius really digs into and even the early church fathers dig into and jesus himself shows us what holy indifference is so to first talk about anything more you want to say about indifference or apathy in the, the sinful lower vice vice yes so we'll use the word vice terminology yeah oh it's good for us just to stop and to really distinguish these two things. So the vice of apathy, right? It's just it's just almost this, this delusion. Like you know, you know that you have to do something. Like for example, a lot of people, especially in the Catholic faith, right? We realize there's a consequence for all of our actions, right? There's a there's spiritual battle warring for our soul, right? You have God, and then you have Satan. And now I know when I, when, I, when I say these things, they're like, oh, there goes the Catholic guilt again, right? And so that's part it's of... It's not guilt! It's not guilt. It's, it's the reality, right? God created us <laughs> for us to love Him, to know Him, and to serve Him. He knew the life here on earth wasn't easy. And so often because we're living in a world that says, be comfortable, don't look at suffering, right? Don't look at the things that will cause you discomfort, so what, so what does the world cower behind? Apathy, right? Because it says, be relaxed, be comfortable, make a plush life. And so when you start being comfortable, then it's so easy to be slothful and sluggish because you're like, why should I do these things if I've, I've already worked hard enough to a point in my life so I can just enjoy things? And so this author says, no, there's a soul, there's a battle warring for your soul. Apathy, people don't realize, says, I, I know what's going on, but I plainly just don't care. Right. It's I'm not invested way. in my own life. Yeah. I'm not invested in my own salvation that God's calling me to. 
Yeah. It sounds harsh. I know I need to live a life of holiness, nah, but I'd rather not. Yeah, it sounds harsh, but that's how the devil is able to have a hold on us. Because if you, if we keep thinking about being happy versus being uncomfortable and suffering all the time, what are we going to choose? Being happy, right? And so that's one of the many tricks that the devil uses against us. But that's the main difference between apathy and indifference. Indifference says you're actively trying to live the will of God. Holy indifference. Yeah, sorry, I mean holy indifference. Holy indifference says you're actively trying to follow the will of God. Your vision is on heaven. You realize, I'm not meant to be eternally here on earth. I'm meant to be with God. Because that's what it says in the Baltimore Catechism. Our purpose is to know God, to love God, to serve God, and to be with Him the next life for all of eternity. So holy indifference says, I've done the best that I can for today. Literally, everything that's in my power I could do, I've done my best. Lord, it is up to you. So it's a, it's a quiet surrender. And more often than time, society mistakes this quiet surrender as being kind of... Um, Blase! Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind, of, kind of being like, okay, Lord, he's he just really being passive or, or inactive. No. Apathy says, I'm not even going to try. Holy indifference says, I've tried. And so now it's up yeah. to you, God. St. Augustine would say, I work as if everything relies on me, and I pray as if everything relies on God. Yeah. So it's the sense of, I prayed as if everything relies on God, but I also worked as if everything relied on me, knowing that God's working in and through me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Bishop Fulton... So that's she, for apathy. Oh, yeah. So Bishop Fulton Sheen describes this kind of battle that I was talking about earlier. Um, so he says... Offers a warning. Yes. He says he saw what was coming, especially with the areas, the vice of indifference versus holding indifference. He says back in the 1940s. Dude, he was ahead of his time. Like the stuff he says kind of gives me goosebumps. He says, awesome. since the basic cause of man anxiety is the possibility of being either a saint or a sinner, it follows that there are only two alternatives for him. Let me repeat. There are only two alternatives for him. Man can either mount upward to the peak of eternity or else slip backwards to the chasms of despair and frustration. Yet there are many who think there is yet another alternative, namely that of indifference. They think that just as bears hibernate for a session in a state of suspended animation, so they too can sleep through life without choosing to live for God or against Him. But hibernation is no escape. Winter ends, and one is then forced to make a decision. Indeed, the very choice of indifference is itself a decision. White fences do not remain white fences by having nothing done to them. They soon become black fences. Since there is a tendency in us that pulls us back to the animal, the mere fact that we do not resist it operates to the sum of the forces that resist frustration. Oh, sorry. I misread it. Since there is a tendency in us that pulls us back to the animal, the mere fact that we do not resist it operates to our own destruction. Just as life is the sum of forces that resist death, so too man's will must be the sum of the forces that resist frustration. A man who is taking poison into his system can ignore the antidote, or he can throw it out the window. It makes no difference what she does, for death is already on the march. Boom! Fulton Sheen. 
It's true, isn't it? Right? Mm -hmm. Because with holy indifference, we're climbing that mountain. Right. And apathy, even though you think that you, we work up to the mountain to have a flat plateau range, there's no such thing like that in life. You either go up or you regress back, right? Right. right? And it's hard to hear this. Especially if our, I mean, especially if we've fallen deep into apathy, which I feel like sometimes I do, it's just like, yeah. Uh, I want the plateau, I want to do the, you know, the whole chill thing, but... I'm burnt out, I'm tired. Right? What, uh, yeah, right, all those different things, and the Lord's like, nope, we got to keep growing, okay. And then this is the fun part, is like, what I think is regress is actually growth, and what is growth from my end is yeah. actually regress, you know. It's amazing how your gifts can get in your way, and how your weaknesses can show you your strengths, and all these different ways that the Lord works through our lives, paying attention to what He's doing in our lives. So, yeah, so that's the warning that Fulton Sheen has, and I love it. You know, it's the <laughs> we've already, you know, in some sense, society has already, and maybe individually, we've drunken of this apathy, and um, that's yeah, to leave. That's and it's to leave. the poison drinking it, and we can either drink the antidote, which is or we can chuck it out the window and keep going as is. Problem is, is we'll be judged either way. So, I love how he puts that dichotomy of like, all right, you're either going up or you're going down. Correct, correct. So, and so for this podcast, we're here to give you tools. So what to are some, go up. Exactly. So what are some ways that we can kind of, uh, we can work on and to defeat the spirit of apathy? So one of the big things is, is St. Ignatius has this during his 30 days. <laughs> And I think I brought it up before on a previous podcast. We had a classmate. We were sharing graces at the end of our 30-day silent, and he just goes, or we were talking about, we're talking about possessions, and we're talking about like everything yeah. you have, yep. and like he just got so frustrated because Ignatius has like three or four different categories, and I forget what they are, and I didn't look them up, but. There's categories of like, am I using stuff and am I, am I possessed by my possessions or do I possess my possessions? Can I get rid of them or do they possess me? Correct. Right? Uh, and then there's the, I have possessions and I'm a, like, I'm super attached to my possessions. Yep. I'm somewhat attached to my possessions. I really like having things. Yeah. And then it's, I only have the things in my life that praise God. Like, I only have things that help me with the mission of God and, and the, Ignatius's exercise is just kind of saying, where are you at, you know, with those three different categories and praying about it. And my buddy just goes on this rant for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, and he just goes, <laughs> basically at the end of it, he just goes through all these things, all these things he has to pay for, insurance, cars, gas, clothing, yep. uh, money, books, cell uh, computers, bills. cell phones. Uh, internet, you know, all these different things that we have. And he just goes, it would be better if I didn't have it. And the spiritual director was like, say, say that, say that one more time. Quiet pause, yeah. Yeah, there's a quiet pause. It would be better if I didn't have it, then I could just focus on God. What? <laughs> He's like, oh. Oh. Was, was that, that what Ignatius is getting at? Is that the point? Is that the point? <laughs> um, so, he really was like, that kind of, and then sharing that grace to all of us, we're like, 
wow, yeah, like, it's true. Like, it would be better if I didn't have the things that get in the way of pursuing God with everything I have. And, mm-hmm. and that's where Ignatius gets to, and that's where maybe, you know, we're called to do is to use the things of the world in order to get to heaven. And if it's not helping us get to heaven, well, why do we need it? We don't. So, and that's kind of... Uh, the holy indifference part of it. So, like Father Tate was saying in the beginning, like we're more interested in the things of heaven mm-hmm. than we are uh, of the world. things of earth. And so we're more focused on God and His love for us and giving that love away or um, growing in our faith, growing in our... Even growing in our intellect, we're more interested in growing our intellect of our faith than we are of... The stock market, the news, Fox, CNN, the presidency, okay. politics, science, um, all of the fun things that we all find ourselves caught up in all the time. Mm-hmm. We're more interested in pursuing uh, things that actually Bad. matter, <laughs> namely eternal life, uh, the biggest umbrella over all of us. So, um, or the biggest call that all of us have is that holiness. And so... The holy indifference, heed, I want to bring up the word heed. So Let's heed is to care. It. Let's do it. Heed, bring back the word heed. So in the holy indifference to heed, indifference to care, bringing back the word heed. It's also like a command too. You hear scripture, take heed, right? Whoever has ears ought to ought hear. Ought to hear. Which means you should care enough to really pay attention to what I'm saying to you. Especially with the, the era of detachment, like what Father Brian is saying, right? We're not just letting life take us, right? We, we, we have a vision in mind saying, Lord Jesus, where are you? Where do you want me to go, right? And kind of going back to the idea of possessions. Detachment says, everything that I have is a gift from God because I know God. That's the first and foremost thing that we need to work on first. Do we know God? Do we love God? And why do we need to serve Him? Right? Apathy says, can it just happen to me? Right? The magic bullet. Can I just take it in, ingest it, and then call my life good? Why do I need to work for this? Right? Um, and so, Holy Difference says, we need to work for it because we care. Because God loves us. And we're operating, and we're operating out of the love of for God. Detachment says, these things too shall pass. They're good as as merely as a tool to help us bring about the mission of God. Right? Detachment says, you put things in the correct order in the way that, that they're needed for you to work. For example, we often hear the phrase, like, you know, first is not, number one is God, right? Then it's family, then it's friends. We hear that phrase so much often, but do we live it? That's the biggest thing. Do we make God our number one uh, priority? Because remember, He's warring for your soul. He's fighting for your salvation. And that's why it's time for us to kind of arise from our slumber. right? And do not let our life be possessed by these ideals or these things that we've accumulated over the years. And it's not to guilt us. It's saying, wake up. <laughs> this, right. is th- this is the reality. We can either continue to live as if we're dying, right? <laughs> So one of my buddies, uh, or Father Ricardo says over in Detroit, he goes, most of us walk using the Michigan, most of us think life is walking on 
the shores of Lake Michigan, but it's really D-Day. So just the reality of the life as a as a Christian, as a Catholic. So um, I also want to put this in. So detachment might be a rare thing, right? Not many people talk about it, but the Catechism actually says it's essential for eternal life. It's mm-hmm. essential to get into heaven. Yep. Um, because uh, in the Catechism, it actually quote this. Uh, Jesus enjoins his disciples to prefer him to everything and everyone and bids them to renounce all that they have. It's found in Luke 14:33, for the sake of, for his sake and that of the gospel. Shortly before his passion, he gave them the example of the poor widow of Jerusalem who out of her poverty gave all that she had to live on. The precepts of detachment from riches is obligatory for the entrance into the kingdom of heaven. So there's a real sense of, and then we can go even into Jesus' own passion, mm-hmm. um, is he's in the, he's in the garden, mm-hmm. and he's detached from earthly goods. And that's a little bit of what he accuses Peter of, right? Get behind me, Satan, you do not think as God does, but as that's man true. does. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a sense of like, we have to think, detachment helps us to think as God thinks, not as humans think. Um, and so there's a lot of... Um, Boom, mic drop. Yeah, right. So in Jesus, when he's in the garden and he's sweating blood, mm-hmm. and he says, not my will, but your will be done, his human will is then becoming part, more essentially a part of his ultimate demise of the crucifixion of his passion and death, but in full, in full knowledge, even though of the pain and the suffering, in full realization of the resurrection, right? So there's a resurrection on the backside of the detachment because there's the freedom that the saints who reach detachment in a free, life-giving way, because um, you're also you're also free from. Uh, worldly anxieties and stresses and obligations and family and all those different things. Correct. Um, That's in the readings for t- uh, for this upcoming Sunday. There you go. From St. Paul. But, yeah, that's beautiful. Sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to mm-hmm. uh, let me pull it out right here. Mm-hmm. St. Paul writes to... The Corinthians, he says, Brothers and sisters, I should like you to be free of anxieties. An unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But a married man is anxious about the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and how he is divided. Once more, and then skip down to the bottom, he says this so beautifully. I'm telling you this for your own benefit, not to impose a restraint upon you, but for the sake of, of uh, propriety and adherence to the Lord without distraction. That's detachment. That was what Christ was doing in the garden. He had his vision of, I'm, I love the Father so much that I want to do His will. I want to be, re- I want to be united with Him at all costs. Even well, it means... Right? It's not that. It's not that He loved God so much. It's yeah. that He loved us so much. Exactly. Sorry. So couple that two Any together. God. Yes. I mean, He's the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit's love between them. So you're right. Correct. So he, had yeah, the, right. so, yeah, he has this love of us and of God together combined that He wants to do this. Right? And that's why he says, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But at the end of the prayer, which he struggles, which we all do, not my will, but yours be done. Which we say all the time in the Our Father. Do we stop know? and think about it? Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, 
people just your will off. be done as on in on earth as in, in heaven. heaven, like perfect harmony in heaven. We want that here on earth. Like, do we do that in our own life? And it doesn't start with us. Like, it doesn't start with my. It starts with my will dying essentially in the attachment and going to God's will for my life. But so. but that's a good point because it brings us freedom. That's what holy difference brings great joy and freedom of saying, I don't have to solve all the problems. I don't have to control everything. I'm not alone. God is here with me, so if I do the best that I can and remain in His love, He's going to grant me greater freedom. And this letting go of surrender is a good thing, not a bad thing. And we often view this surrender as something painful, something to hide from, which apathy provides the perfect security blanket. Yep. Because it's the fear. It's the fear. Someone else can take the job. Someone else can do it for me. So I don't necessarily have to encounter the humiliation or the pain or the embarrassment if it doesn't go my way. Well, it's the vulnerability, right? That's why we give into apathy because we'd rather not go there. We're just like, nah, I know what holiness requires and I'd rather not. And I'm okay with it. So bring bring it to prayer. Exactly. If any of us, if, if, if any of us ever have that experience at one point in our life, because we all do, I recommend bring it to prayer. God, give me the desire to want to move from here. Because if we don't have that desire, then we're not going to do it. And sometimes when God allows something for us to be stripped to bear, then we blame Him, saying, why are you punishing me? Right? So, it's a, so it's always a lose-lose for God, because we put up these boxing gloves and excuses and blame it on Him, versus saying, all right, you've given me the opportunity. How can I let go and believe in your will? Right. Boom. Boom. Sorry. Recipe for the renewal of the church is simple, not easy. Correct. But the less indifference we have towards God's will, the more indifference we have to our, to our own will. We must refuse to be complacent with sin and spiritual lukewarmness and must press ourselves forward in holiness we must deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus we set aside our own desires for the great pearl of great price life with God in the kingdom of heaven we must put our hands to the plow of God's will without looking back and attending to our own interests as scripture would say beautiful so we, 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 we hope and we pray that this podcast has been helpful to you. Once again, it's it just a kindly reminder and a challenge and exhortation from the Holy Spirit. How can we grow in holiness you know, for God? My favorite passage to talk about this discipleship, right? How do we actively live for God and be detached from the things of the world, right? The end of the Gospel of Matthew, right? Go out into all nations and make disciples of all nations, baptizing the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? But then we stop, because we don't talk about the other part, which is, and teach them to obey the commandments that I have taught you. Right? All that I have commanded you. Right? Because then there's no room for apathy. Because it's saying, as you are going out to make disciples, you're making yourself vulnerable. You're learning to detach yourself from being known as, you know, the safe, nice guy or nice gal. You're really putting yourself out there. Yeah, Jesus was not nice. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's he another topic nice for another guy. day. Yeah. <laughs> but 
But right, and God is not calling you to be nice. <laughs> yeah. He's calling you for far better things <laughs> than just nice. But exactly. So just wrapping it up, we're called to be disciples, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and to teach others to obey the commandments. But Jesus is saying, when we obey the commandments of God and we know Him, and we love Him, we will experience gr- the greatest freedom of knowing God in the most intimate way, which all of our hearts long for. Even if we are resistant against it right now, give it time. Allow God to reach into your hearts. Give Him a chance. Don't run away. Because when He asks you hard things, it's for you to be detached and experience a greater freedom of who you are in the eyes of God. So don't let apathy rule your life. Don't go on autopilot. Make that effort decision to say, I'm going to choose to love God today, this moment, and for the rest of my life. So thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Father Brian. Father Tate. Stay holy, my friends. Goodbye.